You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 84. Full crew back with you tonight. Trey Yannity joined Marty Lee. And Nick Caparoso, Nick, great to see you on the show tonight, man. Glad to have you back. Excited to see you. Excited to hear about how everything's going for you guys tonight, but a lot of roster moves going down today. As we record here on May the 12th, the Pirates uh, starting a, another series with the Cincinnati Reds. Not off to a great start with the Reds this season, but coming on the heels of a series win over the Los Angeles Dodgers, the best team in the National League at this point. Excited to break down this series, guys. Excited to get into these roster moves. And as we start the episode tonight, as always, guys, going to direct you to Rumbunter. All kinds of articles coming out right now. Noah Wright, Marty, Nick, the rest of our crew, constantly working hard to provide you guys, um, you know, the latest coverage and everything going on. But we're going to talk about a lot of what we have on the website tonight. You know, really want to start with these roster moves, guys, as kind of go down the list here in a minute. But before we do that, want to know how you guys are doing. Nick, it's been a little bit, man. What's going on? Well, not much. Just, you know, life got busy. Had some stuff go on and personal life you know family and friends and stuff like that that you know unfortunate things that you know i had to take some time away but you know it's all right it happens and i'm happy to be back and happy to, to uh be able to talk some bucket of baseball with you guys again yeah man great to have you back uh sorry to hear about all of that you know always in our thoughts and um it is, it is an exciting night to talk about pirates baseball team 13 and 17 now marty i know uh your frustrations with the cincinnati reds go on and on of course uh, a four to nothing loss tonight got to see some guys make their season debut um but you know obviously got to be getting these wins now three out of four losses in these four games with the reds how you doing tonight marty yeah no i'm not. <clears throat> excuse me i can't complain too much i'm doing too bad you know the pirates can't beat the cincinnati reds but uh you know my my oldest son's 12 u team that i'm a coach for tonight picked up a big 17 to 3 win over ironically enough the pirates in our league so uh yeah you know on brand it's uh <laughs> it, things are good you know we're all moving into the new house then the pirates could learn to beat the cincinnati reds it really be really wouldn't be much to complain about <laughs> marty i think you're saying three and three now is the record for uh for the team to this point in the season that is right. The the VEA Yankees are now three and three on the season. So. <laughs> We're gonna keep guys updated throughout the year, but uh, yeah, the Yankees. Unfortunate that that's your team. That's they bought they bought your kid. 
Yeah, 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 they did. You know, that's we just took the biggest contract available in free agency, and uh, but no, last year we were the Braves, so you know it doesn't. Oh. <clears throat> that wasn't much better. And the year before that was the Giants. I'm still salty over 2014. So it's it's been three straight years of just very unfortunate team names. Jeez. Well, they're going to save up uh, the Pirates for you, maybe two, three years in a row here or something, because that's a tough stretch. But but good to hear the team is off to a good start. Three and three there. Like I said, the Pirates 13 and 17. And, um, you know, we've seen some different looks throughout the season. Of course, all kinds of roster moves breaking earlier today. Rodolfo Castro recalled to the big league club. We got to see him start tonight. That meant Cole Tucker, uh, you know, had to be optioned. We talked a little bit, you know, about this before the show started. But Cole Tucker up and down a bit this season. Um, You know, have we seen him play in a Pirates uniform at the big league level for the final time? What's your guys' thoughts there? And, uh, you know, of course, Rodolfo Castro as well, making, um, you know, his reappearance with the Pirates tonight. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's possible, excuse me, with Cole Tucker that, you know, we've potentially seen the end with the Pirates. Um, You know, you and I were talking off air a little bit, Trey, for a recording, but, O'Neill Cruz is finally starting to hit the ball pretty well at Indy and see the ball well, so you can imagine he's going to be up soon. Kevin Newman's probably going to start a rehab assignment before too long. The Pirates are going to want to give every opportunity in the world to Rodolfo Castro. Um, they've been pretty committed to giving both Diego Castillo and Josh Van Meter consistent playing time in the middle infield. And, you know, even if you look at the outfield where Tucker has played a good bit the last few seasons, I mean, obviously Brian Reynolds is what he is. Jack Sawinski looks like a guy who's in the process of locking down that right field job for potentially a very long time. And, you know, you got to assume trade deadline time, Ben Gamble's going to be moved. But if that occurs, you've got Cal Mitchell, who's really tearing it up at AAA. You've got Connor Scott, who's hitting the ball really well at AA. You know, they're probably still going to want to give a look to Travis Swagger, or Kanan Smith, and Jigma at some point. So, yeah, I do think there is a possibility that Cole Tucker is potentially seen his last at bat in the major leagues as a Pittsburgh pirate. Yeah, I agree with you, Marty. It's something that's kind of been, I've been waiting for, you know, you just listed off a bunch of our prospects, you know, who are waiting in the wings and who are going to eventually push him out anyhow. So, you know, I think now's the time, um, you know, maybe he goes down to the minors and he focuses on hitting lefty, like, he, you know, they're saying he's going to, and maybe that can help catch something. Cause at the end of the day, he's a heck of an athlete. You know, he's a very gifted fielder still. So I could see him catching on somewhere still that, you know, teams taking a chance on him. I, you know, maybe Cleveland, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're our former Neil Huntington, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't think he'll, be much of a factor uh, going forward on this team. His brother is also in Cleveland's farm system. So, you know, maybe we'll see the, see the Tucker brothers playing together for the guardians, like double a team or something. <laughs> the yeah. yeah. No, it would be fitting. Um, Tucker, you know, of course, a, a former first round pick. And, and like you said, Nick, moving over to be a full-time lefty, we saw him switch it throughout his entire career uh, in, in Pittsburgh, but perhaps now, off into the sunset with Vanessa Hutchins. Um, wishing best of luck. Perhaps we see him again at the big good level, but uh, he'll be he'll be in good shape regardless. I feel. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a he's definitely got the right relationship. Um, you know, if he doesn't have the right game right now with the Pirates, but we'll keep an eye on that. Rodolfo Castro making uh, you know his, his start with the Pirates tonight. Um, 
I believe in three at bats, no hits, and a strikeout tonight. Batting ninth, like you said, Marty, I think they're going to give him time. And, you know, as we kind of look at, at some other moves here, uh, Dwayne Underwood Jr., also a guy that was able to make his big league debut tonight, um, recalled, and, and that meant that Max Kranich had to be optioned there. W- was this the right move? You know, did, was it time for, for Max Kranich to be optioned? Obviously had the options available there, but, um, you know, for Dwayne Underwood to, to be activated, do you guys think Max Kranich was the right option uh, to be optioned there? I mean, I understand it to an extent because I'm sure they wouldn't get Kranich starting games. I mean, you got to remember Kranich started the year on the injured list. So he's probably not really stretched out right now like they'd like. Um, I'm sure they want to get him stretched out, get him in the rotation, get him some starts in Pittsburgh. That said, and this is something we've discussed with Ronzi Contreras, that can be down with the guy pitching out of the bullpen. Look no further than the team who's been the best team in the National League Central the last three seasons. If you look at what the Milwaukee Brewers did with a Corbin Burns, a Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, whoever it is, that's how they got those guys accustomed to the majors. Excuse me, you put them in the bullpen, you pitch them in high-leverage situations, you pitch them in outings where they're going three, four innings. You get them stretched out. You transition to the to the rotation. So I would I, I would have rather seen them do that with Kranich. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know he had a scoreless inning tonight, but as far as I'm concerned, they could take Keith Embry and fire him directly into the sun, and I wouldn't I wouldn't cry about it. So uh, I would have been cool with them just designating Embry for assignment to make room on the roster for Dwayne Underwood Jr. But <clears throat> that may still happen because they're going to need to make a roster move. I mean, we'll obviously get in get into the uh, Tyler Beatty addition here shortly, but they're going to have to make another roster move here in the next day or two for him anyhow. But yeah, I understand why they sent Kranich down to get him stretched out, to get him in position to start games in Pittsburgh. I just don't like it. Cause like I said, I think you can, the, the brewers have proven, I mean, many teams have proven, but just, you know, as a, as a team, we see a lot, the brewers have proven you can do that. You can stretch guys out in the major leagues and you're going to develop a hell of a lot more facing major league batters than your minor league batters. And, you know, it's worked pretty well. It's led to the Brewers having maybe the best pitching staff in the National League, sans the Mets. So, uh, you know, I would like to see the Pirates go that route more often with some of these young arms. Yeah, I mean, Underwood coming back is a big help for our bullpen. I mean, I know he gave up a couple runs tonight, but he struck out four and two innings. Uh, You know, overall, he he looked good, I thought. And... He's young, and with Chris Stratton struggling, you know, you kind of hope maybe he can step up and take over a role in this pen for the next couple of years. You know, like you said, until we start getting some of these younger guys up. Um, in terms of the Max Kranich move, it's you know, it's a it's a paper move that they need to do. Uh, you know, it made sense because he was coming off just th- uh, pitching, and you know, they wanted to get a fresh arm up and allow him, you know, to option him down when he's going to be unavailable anyhow. So I, I get that, but you know, I'm with Marty too. Like we're starting to get to the point here where it's like, we, I, I want to start to see more of these guys. Like, and I know we are, but like, I, I'd like to see more of a commitment and I'm sure they would too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the pirates talk about this player centric culture they're trying to create. And it's like, you know, if you, <clears throat> truly want to have this player-centric culture, give these young guys a chance, you know, rather it's Kranich. You can just tell there's certain guys who are being so, like, like careful with, you know, yeah. I guess. Like, and it's like just, Contreras, like, yeah. and you like, can tell who they're prioritizing because of that. Yeah, and to me, it doesn't make it any less frustrating. It's like, you know, you can have Kranich up here in the bullpen getting stretched out. You know, you look at 
look at a guy like Chase DeYoung, who you're going out there and expecting to give you two, three, four out innings per outing. There's no reason you can't have Max Kranich in that role. Do you put him in the rotation? You know, Kranich might have a long-term future of this organization. A guy like DeYoung doesn't, you know, and just beyond that, Yuri De Los Santos, Ronzi Contreras, you know, give them a look. I, I really hope Cam Aldridge's here for the long term. Cam Aldridge has been a guy that's flown under the radar for a few years now in the minor league system. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's pitched extremely well for AAA this season. Let's see what the guy can do. Like you said, let's, I mean, let's... you don't find a lot of lefty relievers either. So. Exactly. I mean, what, who was the last good homegrown lefty reliever? Watson? Like I mean, Will, Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson, and they shipped him. I mean, I. I Shipped him off for obviously the trade worked out very well for the Pirates getting Francisco Cervelli, but yeah, and those two came up together. It's been that long since they've had a quality homegrown lefty reliever. Like you said, it's not hard or it's not easy to do. It's hard to find. So, you know, I just I want to see a commitment to these guys. I, it, it, and there's a variety. I wrote about that on the site this week. You want to make the Pirates more exciting? You can do it quickly. Get Cruz up here. Get Contreras up here. Give Cranick starts. Put Eldridge and Yuri De Los Santos in the bullpen. You know. Yoshi Sasuga looks absolutely lost right now. Let's see a platoon of Mason Martin and Michael Shave as a first base. You know, there, there's what's so frustrating, I think, for Pirate fans is you can be a losing team and still be exciting. And I think to an extent we saw that with the Pirates in 2011 and 2012. Because, yeah, those teams are losing games. But there was McCutcheon. There was Alvarez. There was No Walker. There was Jose Tabata. You know, there was Garrett Jones. It was – yeah, yeah, Starling Marte. And all those in the bullpen. Yeah. You know, Wilson Watson and Jared Hughes. You you saw the foundation being laid. And yeah, they were losing games. You're like, man, this team's gonna be real good real soon. And I, I'm not saying that would be the case with this team, but you know, you seem to have some really good building blocks right now in Brian Reynolds, Inky Brian Hayes, you know, potentially in Jack Sawinski, potentially in a JT Brubaker. Let's get some more of these young guys up here to see if they can be building blocks along with them. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Marty. I mean, it's what like you, what it comes down to is like it just gives fans something to watch for. Like, I honestly, in this year, there has been a little more of that because, like you said, we do have obviously Hayes and Reynolds and some of these younger guys who are up, but the last two years, especially like I, I get why people are frustrated. Like it, it just looked like they're fielding a team to field a team essentially. And so the more of these young guys that come up and they start putting into, you know, game action, I, the more attention that they're going to start to get from the fan base again, because they're going to want to see if, Hey, are these guys going to be the guys? Like, yeah. And you know, it's, it's, like I said, I wrote a little bit about this, but it's like, you know, even if the Pirates are losing games, if you're going out there and let's say you have Ronzi Contreras on the mound and your infield is Key Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, Rodolfo Castro, and one of Michael Chavis or Mason Martin at first base, you've got Vogelbach as your DH, and you've got Reynolds being flanked by Jack Sawinski and Ben Gamble or you know a guy like Cal Mitchell who is hitting the cover off the ball triple A, that team's gonna be a lot more exciting to watch. <clears throat> not only because the offense at the ceiling of that offense is much higher, you're looking at it and you're saying, all right, well, we know we're going to build around Hayes. We know we're going to build around Reynolds, but man, Cruz and Castro and like, some of the rest of these guys fit in. Yeah. These are guys who could be starters on the next playoff team in Pittsburgh. So it's just, it, it, that's where it gets frustrating. Like you said, the last two years, 
It definitely seemed like a time they were fielding a team just to fill a team. And this year has not been as bad, um, especially now with, you know, like the roster moves today, getting Castro up here and getting Tucker out. But, yeah, it's just I don't – it's frustrating. I understand the service time stuff. I really do. But at this point, you're beyond that with Cruz. And, you know, after this weekend, you should be in the clear of that with Contreras. And the way I look at it, there's just no reason to keep them in the minors. You know, let let them develop against major league players. That's where you're always going to get your best developments at the major league level. And I wish the Pirates would start doing that a little bit more. Some of these prospects. You know why? Why are they being so careful? Maybe <clears throat> there's no simple answer to that question. But you know why? Uh, with a team that's built this so strategically, and um, you know a GM that's brought in so many athletic guys, guys that uh, you know look like they're going to have the the durability. Why are they being so careful? I, I get the service time and everything else, but um, you know why don't we see these guys up more often? I think it's a product of like, ah, man, I, I think what you have to realize is basically they are doing it strategically, like you said. And I think they all have a system that they've laid out and, you know, they're following this timeline, I'm sure to an extent as best as they can. And, I, I just think they don't want to make a mistake. You know, they don't, they don't want to call a guy up and look back and say like, Hey, like we rushed them. But at the same time, like they do with some of these guys, it's, it's weird. <laughs> Honestly, they're very hot and cold with, like I said, who they prioritize and who they don't. And <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, that's why I asked that because it, it's been so confusing to this point. Triple A, how they've treated that, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the double A, triple A thing, too, I think is a little bit different because I, you know, if you look anymore in baseball, it's like double A rosters, a lot of times are more talented than triple A rosters because your triple A rosters, a lot of time, are you're like 40 man roster fillers. You're, you know, look at the Pirates triple A roster, a guy like Jared Eikhoff, who's just hanging on just because teams want to stockpile arms in case you ever need someone to give you six innings and take one for the team in a pinch, you know. But it's like you said, Nick, they're very hot and cold. It's weird because it's like you look at Jack Sawinski, who yeah. they call up and are playing every, which is what they should do. If you're going to call a guy like that up, play him every day. And to his credit, Sawinski is taking the ball and run with it. He's been awesome at the plate. He's been tremendous in the field. And, you know, you have Rodolfo Castro, they call it, but immediately into the lineup today. But then, you know, you look at some of these other guys, like when Gutierrez was up earlier, he should have been starting game. There was no reason for him not to. It was, it was, it was mind blowing. So just, yeah, I don't know. I said, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but it, it is what it is. And I just hope that before too long, we get this roster filled with young players to where at least they add that excitement of, like we said, you could be watching guys who are part of the next winning core. Yeah, it's it's been inconsistent. It's been frustrating, I think, for a lot of different reasons. Hopefully, you know, a month from now we're having a different conversation. But um, Castro at least recalled, and, uh, you know, we got to see him perform tonight. Uh, some other roster moves. Jake Marisnik, uh did undergo surgery to correct the thumb injury. Going to be out four to six weeks. You know, expect to see him mid-June at some point. Uh, but Tyler Bede claimed and, and added, got to see um, – you got to see him added to the roster today, and this is a guy that you know made his debut in 2018, a 5.39 career. A Marty, you kind of hinted at it earlier, but 
you know, what does a guy like Tyler Embiid kind of add to this team right now? You know, another mid-level veteran there and, um, you know, a guy that I think can give you some accuracy right away, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I'll be curious how they use him. Um, most of his career work came in 2019 when he made, I think it was 24 starts with the Giants and pitched like 117 innings. Um, former first-round pick, had pitched okay this season. I don't hate it. You know, if you're a team like the Pirates and you got a guy who was a former first-round pick who had pitched all right this season and they're available in waivers, why not take the chance? It's not going to hurt anything. You know, you look at the bullpen, I'm sure he'll probably start in the pen, and he'll also fit what the Pirates have wanted to do this year with the piggyback stuff and things of that nature. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to take a flyer on a guy like this. This is very much one of those no-risk, potentially high-reward type moves. So, you know, we'll see what happens. They have to they have to add him to the active roster. Yeah, uh, Bo Salser was designated for assignment to make room for the 40-man. He's out of minor league options, so we'll have to – have to be out of the active roster when he gets to Pittsburgh. It's probably be the next day or two. Um, I would assume that, you know, you could potentially see a guy like Heath Embry designated for assignment, maybe Chase DeYoung, even though DeYoung's pitched well, just kind of be the odd man out because of that in the bullpen and options available. But, yeah, it, it's worth taking a flyer on him. It's not going to hurt anything. And, hey, you might fall into something and find a nice reliever in him. Yeah. Um, he's someone I remember writing about him ex- very much uh, the year he was drafted because the Pirates front office at the time, Neil Huntington, apparent they liked him a lot. And if he would have uh, fell to them, that I think it was the Cole Tucker year, right? It you was the Cole Tucker year, yeah. We were drafting, what, 24, I think? Somewhere around there. And I think Beatty went maybe like, what, 16? 14. Okay. So it was like one of those, we kind of knew he wasn't going to get to the pirates, but I know that it was one of those, if he was there, they were going to take him. Um, You know, like you said, there's upside in him. He was a top 15 pick. He pitched at Vanderbilt. He has a good fastball still, you know, it's definitely worth taking a flyer on a guy like him. And if it works out great. And if not, like, like you said, who, who are you cutting? You know, yeah, a, a guy that probably no one's going to pick up anyhow. Not to, you know, yeah, yeah. M- most likely, whoever you you cut loose for him, if you would have to designate someone for assignment to open up a spot on the active roster, whoever it is is probably going to clear waivers anyway. Let's be honest, right? The, the bullpen has pitched well this year, but that's been primarily like three or four arms. The rest of those pitchers are guys that baseball aren't exactly going to be crawling over themselves to go get. So. I'm sure there's probably a 60-day DL candidate somewhere, too. I mean, that's a possibility also. Mariznick very well could find himself on the 60. I mean, if he's going to be – if you're looking at, what was it, six weeks till he can resume baseball activities, he's probably going on the 60-day IL anyhow. Yeah, there you go. That could be it. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to wait and see there on Jake Mariznick. Uh, but Tyler Beattie claimed by the Pirates today. Like you said, Marty, both Solcer designated for assignment. One more – Kind of note here on, on roster updates, Carmen Majinski with a shoulder injury um, to the seven-day aisle down there in double-A Greensboro. Henry Davis getting called up and hitting a, uh, a home run in his first game there in Greensboro. So crazy week as far as, as the roster moves and some of these headlines go. But the Pirates, uh, you know, having a successful week on the diamond. Two out of three from the Dodgers. Interesting, you know, matinee game there to close it out. A 3 nothing lead 
saw it tied at three, but the Pirates, um, you know, finding a way with the long ball there to, to pick up the win. Just kind of your guys' thoughts on these last few series, really, uh, to start it in Cincinnati. Roberto Perez and, and Andrew Knapp, obviously, uh, you know, no longer able to play in game one there. Uh, we saw Josh Van Meter get behind the plate. I, I'm not going to say that, you know, there were certain frames that could have been made that maybe changed that game there in the bottom of the seventh. But, um, you know, just a really, really weird ball game. And, of course, Roberto Perez now um, to the 60-day IL. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what you're going to get in Cincinnati is a <laughs> ball game. I mean, it's nothing ever goes right there. The only place that's worse is uh, in Milwaukee usually. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. The The Reds could put out a high school team and it would go wrong for the Pirates. Uh, but, and, you know, it's ironic. They come back and they take two or three of the Dodgers and, you know, what it comes down to is like, and it's so cliche, the 162 games in baseball thing, but like, it's not even that it's just like probability it's math. Like, you know, it's teams are going to be hot and cold at certain times when other teams aren't. And, you know, it just works out sometimes that way. So, you know, at the end of the day, all professional at, you know, it's pro baseball players who are, I can guarantee are trying to be successful. So, um, you know, I think it's like I, we talked earlier, having some of these younger guys up, you know, and, and that just kind of gives them that extra edge, hopefully, that can win them a couple more games, you know, than we've seen the last few years. And I think we've seen some better baseball this year. Yeah, it's definitely been a weird week. Um, I, I feel like it's one of those weeks where, you know, only the Pirates – you go to Cincinnati against the Reds who are off to literally one of the worst starts in the history of major league baseball. Um, and you lose two of three and then you take two or three from the Dodgers who are probably the best team in baseball. And then you come out tonight and you lose four, nothing in game one against the Reds again. Um, I mean, like Nick said, that series in Cincinnati, what do you expect? Great American ballpark. And I know it's not Miller park anymore, whatever. And I shouldn't know the name that was there last year, whatever it's called now, Milwaukee. You go there, the Pirates, weird shit happens. Um, that game won. I really do believe the Pirates had a real catcher. They probably win that game because there were a lot of pitches crow through that should have been strikes that were called balls because the umpire is a jackass and won't call it strikes with a position player back there. And you can also tell Will Crow completely changed his repertoire in his plan of attack, um, pitching to Van Meter. And, you know, one thing, too, I think it, you, we have to mention is I don't think anyone can truly understand how much of a tip of the cap Josh Van Meter deserves for that. The guy's not caught since he was 15 years old, and catching is not easy at all. As someone who has done it in the past, as someone whose kid is a catcher now and works pretty hard with the catchers on our team, and that's a little league, it is not easy. So to have not caught in, what, 10, 15 years, ever it's been, and try to go out there and catch major league pitchers, and to do it and just take one for the team like he did, he deserves a ton of credit for that. But, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling if you're to watch this because it's the Reds have just been atrocious this year. Their team ERA is over seven. The ERA of their starting rotation is around ten, and the Pirates just can't figure out Reds pitching. It's, it's insane. You know, you have Connor Overton, who is a former Pirate, career journeyman who's pitched an independent ball, who – you know, when what I think six and a third, six and two thirds scoreless tonight, 
pitched like four or five scores. It was the best outing of his career. Yeah, like he's just mowing these guys down. And it's just like you know what? Only the Pirates. It's it was funny because Sunday after the Pirates lost to lose that series, I was talking to my dad and. He was like, you know, you know, they're going to take two from the Dodgers. I'm like, yeah, you're right, because that's what they're going to do. That's the Pirates, and sure enough, they take two or three from the Dodgers, only then to come out and get shut out by the Reds tonight and look completely incompetent offensively. But no, it's in all honesty, it is frustrating though, because this was a great opportunity here for the Pirates. Um, you know, when you looked at the schedule, knowing you were going to play the Reds seven times in ten days or whatever it was, and had you told me ahead of that they were going to take two or three from the Dodgers. I'm thinking, man, this is great because they're probably going to beat up on the Reds and be looking at being at or over 500 getting in the middle of May here. And now because they can't take care of business because Reds are not. So, yeah, it's frustrating. But as is life in baseball, I mean, ultimately the Pirates are still a better team than the Reds. They're probably still a better team than the Cubs. But, no, it doesn't make it any less frustrating than when you're playing a team who's started the year 3-25 and or whatever it is and you can't beat them. It's a curse. No, it's got to be a curse at this point. I was honestly expecting a sweep of the Dodgers uh, after what happened in Cincinnati, but two out of three there. The loss tonight, four to nothing. Um, Marty, I think it's maybe American home mortgage, something crazy up there. It's American home family something or another. Yeah. But It's, it's too long to even American. put on the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> they just left up the Miller Park sign. Stadium no. in Milwaukee. <laughs> where the brewers play <laughs> the house of horrors <laughs> oh, seriousness. oh man um but you know the pirates getting uh cincinnati at home this weekend a loss tonight um you know n- not too many highs in this game i, I want to talk about some highs i think just getting to see certain guys uh, get on the field tonight were the highs that you look at you know as we head into the rest of the weekend here three more cincinnati you go to chicago for the midweek um you know we talk about winnable games like you said, Nick, I think there's something to be said about highs and lows, about the probabilities. Um, you know, the Dodgers win nine in a row before they they come to Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, hopefully the probabilities are in the Pirates' favor. But as we kind of look down into the rest of this weekend, into next week, um, you know, what are you guys looking at and, and what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to hopefully Ronzi Contreras getting called up and starting next week. Um, you know, we talked about it a lot, getting these young guys up and – I'm going to continue to talk about because that's what matters at this point. And, you know, getting him up here and hopefully permanent, you know, if he can do anything close to what we've seen him doing earlier this year, it's going to, you know, very much set the tone for, for the future of this team. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great to see Contreras up here soon. Um, You know, that's the circle back to the Reds game tonight. One positive I will give you is JT Brubaker. Um, I feel yeah. like extremely yeah. overlooked. His last five starts, Brubaker has a 3.91 ERA and in 23 innings pitch has struck out 26. And most importantly, he's allowed just three home runs because the home run ball was the big issue last year at Brubaker. And I mean, I understand in five starts, 23 innings is not a lot, obviously, but he had that one start where he only went, what was it, year three or four because he was battling a flu bug and pitched really well. So, had he not been sick, he probably would have given you another two to three innings that day. But, yeah, I think JT Brubaker looks like a guy who might be starting to really figure it out. And, you know, if you get Contreras up here pitching well, Brubaker pitches well, Quintana continues to pitch well, all of a sudden the starting rotation doesn't look totally terrible. Um, I will say if Bryce Wilson ever starts another game again, especially after he had success 
in the piggyback role and came out and said how much better and more confident he feels in that role, I would probably throw a brick at my television. But um, yeah, it's, I think if you can get that duo of him and Dylan Peters going and, you know, like I said, you look like Brubaker might be turning a corner. You get Contreras, Quintana's pitching well. I mean, Mitch Keller, all things considered, has been half decent lately. Like, this rotation might not be god-awful like we thought it was going to be. And I was saying it's going to be good or great or anything, but it might at least be serviceable enough for the Pirates to at least continue to stay in third place in the division. Listen, I have a bet with a coworker. $100 that the Pirates won't lose 100 games. So uh, If they lose 100 games, I want us to be stunned. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, when I'm here, that's what I said. I'm like, do you realize how hard it is to lose 100 games first off and second off? Like, this team has way more talent that's coming yet. So yeah. it's, you know, you got to like where they're at. And as they continue to add these younger pieces, you know, like I said, it's just going to give us a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, we've said it all along. The Pirates are probably going to be more talented on August 1st than they were on April 1st. And that's a big part of the reason why I can't see them losing 100 games. And the fact, I mean, the division is going to help too because the Cubs are terrible. The Reds, even though the Pirates are struggling, some are terrible. And it's not like the car. I mean, I think the I think the Brewers might be one of the two or three best teams in the league. But it's not like the Cardinals are some great world beater either. So the, the, the division is going to help a lot with that also. Yeah. I mean, winnable games, you know, throughout this entire schedule – Pirates wrap up with the Dodgers um, in Los Angeles at the end of May into June. So, you know, you, you look at the schedule, um, Pirates still keeping their head above water, five games under now at 13 uh, and 18. Marty, please don't throw any bricks. It's going to start with a family. I mean, <laughs> we're probably talking an announcement two, three hours before the game if Bryce Wilson's starting. So uh, it, it's going to be out of nowhere. Please, please no bricks. But um, <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. This has been an interesting season at this point. I think not not only with – how the team has played so far, but some of the moves that we've seen made. Well, fun talking about it tonight, guys. And as we kind of close it out, just anything else, um, you know, you guys are looking forward to, you know, maybe when we see Yuri De Los Santos or, um, you know, anybody else, maybe a minor league update too, if you guys got anything uh, as we wrap it up here tonight. I'm honestly uh, interested to see how the trade market starts to develop, you know, and we're a little early yet, but as we start to get into June, you know, that's when you'll start to hear some rumors. And, you know, a guy that Marty mentioned earlier and Ben Gamble, um, he very much could be like, a, you know, a coveted player, especially if he can is still doing anything close to what he's been doing. He's been playing great defense, you know, and can play multiple positions. And honestly, his bat, I mean, he's having a career year of his bat. So, a team looking to get that left-handed fourth outfielder, like which every team in the playoffs will want, you know, it, he could be valued. And, you know, at the same time, I know people want, don't want to hear that, but you know, it's it, for, for the pirates to move gamble, sell high on him, get something, his contracts coming to an end, you know, and then, that will open the door for maybe a guy like Cal Mitchell to finally come up and debut. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they act on any moves like that earlier. So they can also open a door for some of these younger prospects to come up. Yeah, I agree. The, it'll be interesting. Each other develops. I mean, another thing with gamble too. the guy by all accounts is a great clubhouse guy, you know, is he the best defender in the world? No, but, 
you know you're going to get probably better defense than you should from a guy like Gamble because of just the way he plays the game with the reckless abandon he plays with and that sort of thing. And that kind of stuff is things playoff teams and playoff contending teams will look for also. Um, to stay on the trade market real quick, obviously Jose Quintana is pitching like the Jose Quintana of like 2017. You know, if he keeps pitching like this, he's going to net the Pirates something pretty nice to rotation also. Um, you know, with the minors, though, Trey, I think there's a lot of good stuff to watch right now. You know, some off the, under the radar type of guys. You look at Jacob Gonzalez, who the team added in the minor league portion of the Roll 5 draft this year, um, the son of former big leaguer and World Series hero Luis Gonzalez. Uh, started the year at low A. He's now at high A now after being the Florida State League player of the month in April. And the dude has just mashed the ball and is just raking. Um, a lot of good stuff offensively going on in the lower minors right now, at low A and high A with him. Andy Rodriguez having a nice season. Hudson Head is having a bounce back season that he was in dire need of because the guy was in rough shape coming into the year. That could change a, a lot of the Musgrove trade out. Well, if, if Hudson Head can continue to do all year what he's done thus far, that Musgrove trade looks a lot better all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Musgrove trade, Omar Cruz has pitched really well at Double A Altoona. Um, Noah wrote about this recently, and <clears throat> I think he's on to something where Cruz could be. If you look what Cruz is down with Altoona and where his success has come, you know the the picking backing the Pirates like to do uh, is something that Cruz seems to built perfectly for. So he's another guy to keep an eye on, and a little bit of local flair also. Trey Magoo at. Uh, I think it's Magoo. It's either Trey Magoo or Trey Magoo. And if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. Um, the guy went to high school 10 minutes down the street from me, so I should know how to say his name. But uh, the local product pitching extremely well, AAA Indianapolis, left handed pitcher, ERA under two at AAA. You're going to get a shot eventually in the majors. It'll be cool when it comes because the, the kid grew up about 90 minutes from Pittsburgh. So a lot of cool stuff going on in the minor leagues right now. And, you know, you kind of look at that. That Joe Musgrove trade, not to get too far off track here, but, um, you know, I, I think we look back and we really like the return there. This is a guy that has looked great so far for San Diego this season. But, um, you know, you talk about Hudson Head, Indy Rodriguez, David Bednar. That could be three major pieces in the long term. So, um, you know, going to be fun to kind of see how that that shakes out in the long run. But, guys, as, uh, as we close out tonight, hey, again, the Pirates. I got, I got one more, you know. Yeah. Just, I, I want to touch on the minors, too. And, you know, I, we're 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 starting to see why Ben Charrington coveted Leover Piguero in the start of the yeah. rotation. Oh, man. I mean, he was having an absolute monster season uh, on both sides of the ball, and I mean he's hitting three thirty seven with a OPS over nine hundred in the Eastern League. Like that is very impressive. Is not easy to do that, and in in that league, and you know, it, just the overall development, you know, it's everything that you know we had we could have hoped for, and I'm very excited for him to get probably up to Triple A here within the next couple weeks, uh, assuming you know Cruz comes up to the to the majors, and you know it's going to start opening up some middle infield opportunities there at Triple A. Yeah, you know, Nick, speaking of Altoona, one player that I feel like we absolutely have to mention, excuse me, a uh, friend of the podcast, former guest on the podcast, I'll be on again soon, is starting pitcher Mike Burroughs. Um, Burroughs has just dominated, <laughs> absolutely dominated at double A, and he's only 22 years old, and that's 
still kind of young for double A. Um, and six starts this year. Burroughs has a one three five ERA. He has only allowed one home run. He is striking out 34% of batters faced. And what's most encouraging, he's only walking 6.8%. Um, each of the last two seasons, well, I mean, 2021 and 2019, because 2020 year, but each of the last two seasons he's pitched, his walk rate's been over 10%. And probably the most encouraging sign with Burroughs is it seems like the third pitch is starting to come along. And, you know, Burroughs is a guy we've talked about a lot. And we've always said if he can develop that third pitch, Man, he could be a good one as a starter, and it looks like that's happening, which is great to see. Um, there are a few starting pitching prospects in the Pirate minor league system who have a higher ceiling than Mike Burroughs. His spin rates on his pitches are just ridiculous. Batters struggle to pick it up; they struggle to square it up. And yeah, we're we're seeing it happen. I just I would like if Burroughs continues to pitch this way into June. And especially into July, I would love to see him get the triple A at some point this season, preferably sooner rather than later. Cause you know, you, you look and obviously this is projecting year or two down the road, but you look down the road and you look at a rotation that could have Ronzi Contreras and Mike Burroughs setting as your top two at the top of that rotation, man, that's a starting rotation that could win you a lot of baseball games. Yeah. That's a player that I'm just like you, Nick, I, I'm so excited to see come up. I think people on that trade too, are a little bit quick uh, to the trigger to, you know, to announce the Pirates lost it, but um, you know, we'll see with Leo Bricuero. I keep time for these guys to develop, man. They're not exactly. all one Soto. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're not going to see, like you know, a kid maybe like he was a mid-round pick, like who was raw and like maybe was going to be a bullpen guy, but it's like okay, like two years later, he's like learning how to pitch in the majors. Like that's what happens for most people. Oh, exactly, and you know, it's. Something we've talked about on this show before, I think there's this expectation now because of the Juan Sotos and the, the Tatises and the Vladis that, um, you know, you have to come up and have in success. Christian Pache is a guy that I've followed for a while, love him to death. And I think in Atlanta, you look at that situation, you know, you, you kind of see him fail in that system. He came up, didn't have success there. Uh, I don't want to say they gave up on him, but, you know, they make a, a big trade um, to, to send him out west there. Different situations, of course, with the organization. They want to win now, and they they get their first baseman. But um, yeah, you know, just give it time, guys. These these players are still so young, and with it with an organization that is rebuilding, um, you know, in the way it has, it's not going to happen overnight. So um, great stuff, guys. Great minor league update there, and and as always, for more minor league updates each week and everything Pirates baseball, go to rumbunter.com. Check out the articles. We got out right now tonight, of course, uh, a somber article as the Pirates go down four to nothing. They stand 13 and 18 on the season. Three more in Cincinnati throughout the weekend and then into Chicago. Until next week, guys, my name is Trey Andy for Nick Caparoso and Marty Leap. This has been episode number 84 of Rum Bunch Radio. Let's go, Bucks.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.